I'm Jennifer Clare, and this is Kitchen Radio. This cooking podcast takes place in a different home kitchen every episode, where we cook up a dish my guest has always wanted to learn. Before I opened up a brick-and-mortar cooking school in New York City, all my teaching took place in my students' kitchens. Now, with a microphone in hand, I'm going back into their homes, so you have a chance to come along with me. Today I'm joining Sam Anderson in Beacon, New York, where we're cooking up a batch of breakfast burritos. Sam is a writer-at-large for the New York Times Magazine and the author of my favorite book this year called Boomtown, about the spontaneous birth of Oklahoma City. Years ago, he used to join me for cooking classes back when I taught out of my kitchen in our small town almost a decade ago. It's been years since we've been in a kitchen together, but he is still an excellent student. Listen in. So Sam, what are we cooking today? Uh, today we're going to make a breakfast burrito, Fantastic. which no. is just one of my all-time favorite foods. If there's ever a breakfast burrito on a menu, I immediately order it. What is it about a breakfast burrito that, that you find so appealing? I think it's like when you're really hungry and you want something filling, it's like, to me, the image I get with a breakfast burrito is like, it's almost like it is exactly the shape and size of my body, but like one millimeter smaller so that it fits just inside my body and it fills it's up so the neat, entire yeah. thing. Just, it's true. Yeah. It's like a banana. It's like a, a conical solid food, but much bigger. Oh yeah. So you can feel the sort of satisfaction and it comes in its own little package. Rapper. Yeah. And it's so mysterious. Mm. It feels like a little like treasure chest or something. Right. I don't know what's going on in there. I just know I love it. I would <laughs> never, ever, ever presume to make a breakfast burrito. So, well, I'm so glad that you asked to make a breakfast burrito because you can make it at home. I mean, it's fine to have things that you only buy outside the house. But what if you're jonesing for a breakfast burrito and you're, uh, you know, on a desert island? I know. Or do you, Do you, as an expert chef, have anything that you only buy outside the house and just wouldn't make yourself? Chinese food. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I never sure. make Chinese food, although I don't even, there's not even any good Chinese food in our town, but I do, yeah. my school's in Chinatown, so I can get good Chinese food, but right. I do not deign to make Chinese food, because someone else is one. always going to be better at it than I am. Um, so today, the breakfast burrito, and I'm going to be totally honest, uh-huh. and you remember, when, yeah. when I said, Sam, what do you want to make? And you said breakfast burrito, I put on my little chef instructor hat, and I was like, eh, I don't know. What, what am I going to be able to teach people by teaching a breakfast burrito? Um, but then I got off my little high horse and I realized <laughs> there's something to learn about everything. And a breakfast burrito is not something actually I have ever made until this week when I started, you know, cramming for our little podcast right. recording. Wait, do you eat breakfast burritos? I do. I love yeah. them as well. But I am very, very particular about them. And so I don't order them when I go to every restaurant that I see it. It has to have a very specific combination of ingredients. So oh. I go you know, in our in our town, we've both lived here many years. I love the homespun burrito because right. like, it's got well you're a vegetarian, but it does have chorizo sausage, which I like and yeah. has black beans. Um, it doesn't have filler in it. It does have some very seasoned potatoes, but I actually don't like rice and I don't like lettuce. Oh okay. Um, Interesting. Or actually I kind of don't like salsa in it too because it makes it juicy. I love hot sauce. Okay, yeah. But not... So I actually brought hot sauce because I wanted to give you that option. I know I told you to buy some salsa. No, you're but, right. Bre- 
Rice has no place in a breakfast burrito. Rice is it a regular does. burrito. We're talking about breakfast We're burrito. Breakfast burrito is yeah. very specific. Well, the only difference between a breakfast burrito and a non-breakfast burrito is eggs. So yes. eggs are your protein, yes. <laughs> in addition to beans. Right. But also, I was in San Francisco in September, and you know people go nuts about the San Francisco burrito. And yeah, the yeah. truth is, they are much better. So like the not well-thought-up burrito can be really fat and thick, so when you bite into it, you're only getting... A little bit of each, right. not a, not all of the ingredients at once. It's like right. this bite is going to have sour cream and lettuce and tomato, and this one's going to have all pork. Right. So it needs to be long and thin, and the ingredients perfectly distributed. So when you take a bite, okay, you know, like your entire mouth doesn't have to stretch over the thing. So there is yeah, an yeah, art yeah. to it. No, yeah, it's like it makes me think of geology. Oh, yeah. There's like a geology of a breakfast burrito. <laughs> it's like that's the mystery of it. It's like underneath, there's like all these forces working working together. Um, so right. I'm excited to see what's actually inside. I've never looked. Well, good. All right. So, well, in today's breakfast burrito, we are going to have a tortilla, which we are gonna we're gonna break down the tortilla because uh, there's okay. a lot of things I have to say about tortillas. Okay. But basically, a flour tortilla wrapper, and inside we're going to have scrambled eggs. Uh, melted cheese. You chose Monterey Jack. Mm. Um, we're going to do fresh herbs. I like just fresh cilantro in there. It doesn't necessarily have to go in anything. I'd like to have a variety of ingredients that stand alone. Mm -hmm. So not everything is an amalgamated flavor. Okay. Um, so eggs, cheese, fresh cilantro. You asked for potatoes, seasoned yeah. potatoes to give it sort of a heft to it, which is yeah. great. So right now on the back burner, which actually stopped working. Let's turn this back up. Uh, we have some russet potatoes in salted water uh, coming to boil. Once they're soft, we'll drain them and we'll season them with chopped onion and poblano pepper and smoked paprika. So we have delicious seasoned potatoes. Okay. Um, black beans, yeah. which we also have simmering on the back burner here. You can use canned beans, but because, you know, it's a cooking class, I want to give you a little bit more fun. So and you say it makes a difference. I think it makes a difference because if you have the time, they're definitely better, but I would never say don't make a breakfast burrito because you didn't remember to get dried beans, soak them, and cook them. Right. Then you can definitely use canned beans, and okay. we'll talk about the substitute for that. So eggs, cheese, fresh cilantro, salsa, uh, seasoned potatoes, and black beans, and then we'll roll it up. So. A perfect burrito doesn't, you know, everything is inside the burrito. You roll it up, you roll it in foil, and you eat it out of the foil as right. you sort of roll it, peel the foil down in a, in a spiral. So everything you want should be in it. It should not be eaten with a fork and knife. It should not be dipped in anything. So if you yeah. like sour cream, which you said you don't, you would put the sour cream inside. I do like it. I just don't associate it with a breakfast burrito. Okay. Well, it's not here. So we're doing a, a sour cream free one. Um, so yeah, that's you want it. it all inside. You want it all inside. That's why it's nature's perfect food. Right. So not man's perfect food or woman's perfect food because it's not nature's perfect food. That's a banana. <laughs> it doesn't occur naturally. It doesn't you know, occur naturally. Vine. Right. I'm excited and I haven't eaten today, so I'm really hungry. Okay. So well, I'll then, eat both of our breakfast. We, <laughs> we're going to get started. So first thing, I want to do all the prep, meaning all the things that need to be chopped up. So we need to chop up a poblano pepper and an onion because when the potatoes are softened, we will drain them and saute the potatoes with uh, onion and pepper just to give it a little kick. Okay. So Sam is a former student of mine, so he already knows how to I cut I think I took onion. two classes with yes, you. Yes, back when I taught cooking classes in my home kitchen. One of the things I always remembered was how to properly cut an onion. So what, what is the proper way to cut an onion? Because you're doing it marvelously. Thank you. Well, 
the main thing I learned, which I'd never heard before in my whole life, was that most people make a mistake by chopping off the root end immediately. Right. Which... Um, Why don't you chop off the root end? Because it's a wonderful way to naturally hold the onion together while you're chopping exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Makes okay. it really I'm easy. Gonna, yeah, you're doing good. No, you're doing great. You sure? Yep. Your fingers are all in the right your... place. The, okay. the, the fingers holding the onion are curled so that the knuckles are what you call a are claw, forward. right? Yeah, the claw. Right. The bear claw. Just because you don't want your fingertips ascended, right. extended because of the knife slips. But it gets tricky. Voila, right get your fingers. And you're holding yeah. your knife properly, too. Thank you. You're which is pinching it with your that. thumb and forefinger right at the back of the knife, and then your three fingers. What percentage of people come into your classes knowing the proper way to hold a knife? Mm, that's a good question. 50%? 50? Or you think that's high? That sounds so high to me, but okay. I guess you get people who like to cook. No, that's not true. I have many, many beginners. All right. I'll adjust that number. Yeah, don't, yeah. Beautiful. Good. So you've just finished cutting up the onion, and the last thing you held onto was that little root end, yep. that root ball. And then and you eat you it. Just, you yeah. just pop it in your mouth. <laughs> or you compost it, <laughs> which luckily you have a little compost bin. Okay, so we'll move our onions off to the side. Let's put those in a little bowl. Okay. All right. Now the poblano. So here's how you cut up a pepper. So okay. inside of a pepper, obviously, you have a big seed ball at mm -hmm. the top. So I usually cut the pepper off in sort of... Third, well, this is cut. It's weird. A poblano pepper is like triangular, mm -hmm. but usually a bell pepper is sort of quadrangular. more quadrangular. So yeah. this we're going to cut off in three sections, like three cheeks, to get um, nice long slabs of pepper. So poblano pepper is basically a green bell pepper, but with a little bit of heat. It looks okay. just like a, a green pepper, but it's elongated, so it's sort Can of pointy at the bottom. Yes, exactly okay. like that. Like and a, yeah. Okay. And has a mild heat. It's nothing like a jalapeno, but it is really nice because it's kind of, it just makes you feel like you're eating Mexican food because it's got okay. a nice, uh, I wouldn't say smokiness to it, but it has a uh, more flavor. It has more character. Green bell pepper is a little bit on the acidic side, which is not bad. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get us a little, this is our compost bowl. So you don't have to keep walking over to your compost bin across the kitchen. Thank you. You want to get yourself a little garbage bowl. So you're always putting your garbage right into one bowl. And then at the end of cooking, you dump it once. Cool. Yeah. All right. So you're taking the seeds out, dumping them in our little bowl here. We don't want the seeds because they're bitter. Okay. All right. So scrape that into the bowl. And then we're just going to cut up our poblano pepper into, let's say, half inch cubes. You okay. just slices cubes. However you're feeling. Okay. And then we'll set those aside. So how how yeah. spicy would you go with a pepper in a breakfast burrito? I wouldn't go that spicy. Like, I wouldn't use jalapeno peppers because I like the spice to come from hot sauce. Because hot sauce is yeah. acid and spice. Okay. So it's not just heat. It's like, uh -huh. I think you need that acidic component to a burrito. You need an acidic component to everything. Anything yeah. that's good has an acidic component to uh -huh. it. Um, so you can use salsa, but again, I have this bias against salsa because I think it's too wet. But I do yeah. like heat and I like acid, and I think that hot sauce is a better bet. And my favorite hot sauce is this one. I like that too. Cholula. I think I like it because of the wood bowl type. I, yeah, it's very appealing <laughs> Why is that? That's it's, a genius marketing totally. <laughs> idea. It just feels sort of like... Uh, 
artisanal and you know, like old country. <laughs> right. So um, at Adams, which is a fabulous grocery store in our area, they sell one that's like, I don't know, it's like a liter. It looks like a wine bottle really? size of hot sauce. And I remember scoffing at it at one point and being like, that's insane. Uh -huh. But of course, we go through one of these. This is only a 12 ounce bottle. We go through it pretty regularly. Really? And I feel like also, how cool would that kind of look on my counter? To have like a, a magnum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, curl your fingertips. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. cutting the peppers and you're making okay. me anxious. All right, sorry. No one's bled yet at my on my podcast. Oh. So well you're only the second guest. So. It'll happen. <laughs> Alright, these can go in the same bowl with the onions, so we'll set those aside. Okay, so we were gonna actually put guacamole as well into this burrito, but then it's like we we have a couple too many ingredients. At a certain point you have to um, pare down as what you put into a burrito, even though you would like to put all the things right. under the sun. I would say five ingredients is kind of the max. Otherwise, it's just kind of muddled. You want to right. be able to taste each thing. Right. Luckily, you bought avocados that were hard, so we can't even use they, them. These were the softest in the store. They were the softest in the store, but that doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you do, you know, I like you can put avocado on the side, but then it's not really a breakfast burrito. So if you... Uh, had ripe avocados, we could do strips of avocado, or we could just kind of mash them with some lime juice and salt and smear that in there okay. as well. But today, no. Okay. All right, so let's, we're going to check our beans, and we're also going to talk about these beans, because I, uh, I love dried beans when I have the time. So dried beans are obviously dried for longevity just you know they'll last forever so depending on where you buy the beans like if you buy dried beans at the farmer's market they haven't been dried for very long because mm. they're not sitting on beans but if you buy like goya beans yeah. they probably were dried three years ago because oh. you know they're a giant company right. so it's not like uh they're doing things you know they have lots of storage sure so what brand is this do you know um, this is the brand that I bought last night when I, in a panic, remembered that you asked me to soak beans overnight. And it was after all the stores were already closed, so I had to drive to Walmart. Oh my God! <laughs> Where I never shop, but that was the only place that was open, and they had these little uh, beans, and it was like... You were the second person this week to tell me about sheepishly tell me about a run to Walmart because yeah. of their 24-hourness. The brand is called Great Value Black Beans. <laughs> oh my god. They probably are the same as Goya. They're just under a different yeah, label. I'm sure okay, true. awesome. Well, yep. thank you for that last-minute run. I got worried, too, when I sent you the shopping list and I said, please soak overnight. I'm like, what if he goes shopping in the morning? But that I didn't was want to stress. Okay, then, right. yeah. okay, so Walmart beans. Excellent. So we've got black beans, and so I asked you to soak them over the night. Um, there's two ways of soaking dried beans. You can soak them overnight just naturally. They'll get hydrated mm -hmm. by the long soaking. If you're running out of time, you can do what's called a quick soak. So you can take the dried beans, put them in a pot, cover them with three inches of water, bring it to a boil. The minute it comes to a boil, put a lid on it and shut off the heat. And if they sit in that water, that temperature water for an hour, it's, as, it's the equivalent of them. Really? Yep, sitting and overnight. there's no difference? Nope, none. It's just... It's a quick hydration. Well, just because you're using temperature to, right. to hydrate. Oh, okay. Um, so that that is what I would have suggested we do. Oh, okay. But um, but anyways, you got the Walmart beans, the quick run. So you drain the soaking water out, and then you cover them again with three more inches of water with fresh, clean okay. water. 
Um, and you never want to add acid or salt when you're cooking dried beans because it toughens the skin. And if you toughen the skin, it's very difficult to soften the bean. You need the water to permeate the skin to soften the interior. So all acid, like if you want to add tomatoes to this or salt, that gets done once the bean skins start to feather, mm -hmm. uh, meaning they sort of, yeah, sort of come off, which I think they, we might even try one now. So I put lots of other seasonings in here that don't affect the, the toughness of the skin. So we have, what did, what did we put in here? Because you, you did this. Let's see, we, we threw a, a dried pepper, a right. dried poblano pepper, which is called... And what? Ancho pepper. Ancho pepper, yeah. Ancho pepper. It gets a whole new name once they dry right. it and smoke. It's also smoked. Smoke That's dried ancho pepper. Yeah. It smelled like a raisin. We threw that in there. We, we chopped it in half. We got the seeds And we threw it in there. Mm -hmm. and, then and you we, can do more than one. Like if you like that smoky, and it also gives a little heat. So. Mm -hmm. And then um, we threw a few cloves of garlic. Smashed. And yeah. what other ingredient? Did we do something else? We did. It rhymes with funyun. Oh, we threw some onion. Yeah. So yeah. we have we onion, garlic, and the dried poblano, I'm sorry, dried ancho chili. And we're just letting that cook, and that will just give another layer of flavor to our beans. So you're just not boiling them in water. Yep. Um, and then again, once they're, they're soft, then we'll dump a bunch of salt in that liquid, and they'll be done. And the nice thing about making, it is a little bit more labor than opening up a can of beans, yeah. but then you have all of these beans. You can use them for breakfast burritos, you can make them for dinner, like a roasted sweet potato, and yeah. have some rice, and boom, you're done. They also freeze beautifully because they're suspended in a lot of beanie liquid. Oh, okay. So once they cool, you can put them in plastic containers and stick them in your freezer. So when you just don't feel like cooking, uh -huh. you've got your already cooked seasoned beans. Cool. Done. This kind of reminds me of... I once took a class from you that was Indian, Indian food, uh -huh. vegetarian Indian food. Yes. And one of the amazing things from that class was sometimes it's amazing how simple um, the little touch is that makes something a distinctive kind of cuisine. Yeah. So in that case, it was like, now you throw in your cumin seeds uh -huh. and you toast those and now you're eating Indian food. Yeah. It was just like that. It was <laughs> like, that? Right. Yeah, it was like 60 seconds. is now Indian. Right, exactly. And in this case, well, it's just plain black beans, but throw in some dried peppers yeah. and, and you got Mexican yeah. food. Yeah, and you know what? If you do like hot... Food, instead of putting a dried ancho pepper in there, you can put a chipotle pepper. You know, chipotle pepper and adobo, they're like a little can. Mm. And it's a, it's chipotle pepper, they're smoked jalapenos, and they're suspended in kind of a tomato-y sauce. Mm -hmm. They're delicious. Mm -hmm. You can just put a whole one of those with some of the tomato-y juice. Mm. I know that's saying like, because that might be acidic. So maybe I'm rethinking that. Just a dried mm. jalapeno, okay. a dried chipotle. Okay. So you can choose a chili, a dried chili that has the heat quotient that you like. Okay. So while we were just talking about beans, our potatoes miraculously were done. So we have some russet potatoes that you cut up till they're about an inch, cover them with cold salted water, brought them to a boil, and cook them just till they're kind of mashed potato consistency. Okay. So if you would drain this into the sink and pour away from you, because I don't, if you pour towards you, the steam gives you quite an unpleasant little... Who pours towards themselves? They, you know, it's like, so they hold it far away and they pour, not Ooh. towards themselves, but like, I don't know, I've seen it happen. Okay. <laughs> okay, so 
you're draining those potatoes. We don't need any of the cooking water. Sometimes I save the cooking water if we're making like mashed potatoes, but for today we need a dry potato. Okay. So actually, you know what, here, bring that back. We're gonna set the colander in the pot you cooked it in, oh. just so they drain. Oh, okay. So we are gonna make our seasoned potatoes. Because that's actually the component of a, of, um, of a breakfast burrito that takes the most time. If you don't do potatoes, you could do this pretty fast. Okay. Um, and I know because I'm making breakfast burritos for my kids all week. Because I'm like, this is uh, research. Right. <laughs> um, and it's very easy because you just scramble some eggs and cheese. I already have the beans made. I warm up a tortilla on the griddle. Roll it all up with some hot sauce and sour cream. Et voila. So I did actually breakfast, let's call them tacos, because I didn't have any burrito wrappers. Okay. So my, my issue with burrito wrappers is there's so much wrapper. Right. Um, so I like the more diminutive tacos. But we're going we're gonna to right. make an official burrito here okay. for you. So let's start by making our seasoned potatoes. So we have a skillet on the stove. If you want to turn on the stove, and put a lots of glugs of olive oil in there. Right. I think I want you to... Wait until the pan is hot before you add the okay. olive oil, and that's because it, it makes it more nonstick. If the pan is hot and you put the oil on a hot pan, the oil sort of is sort of lightly suspended above the bottom of the pan, okay. and it will make it a little bit more nonstick. And we really need everything we can to s prevent the potatoes from sticking. If if you had a nonstick pan, we'd be using it, but Sam does not have a nonstick pan, which I completely condone. But uh, for potatoes and eggs, there are two okay. things that stick a lot. Okay. Uh, so we'll heat up the pan, add the olive oil, and then we're going to stir fry our peppers and onions first. Once they're soft and perfectly cooked, we'll add the potatoes. Because the potatoes are already cooked, they don't need cooking. Right. So we have to soften the onions and uh, peppers first. Okay. All right. So while that's happening, come over here and blow on these beans. If they, the skin, actually I can see the skin's... They see how they're feathering? Yeah, this one's When you around. blow them, the little, little papery skins start to like mm -hmm. fly in the wind. So are they soft? Mm -hmm. They are. All right. We're going to turn these beans off. FYI, listeners, it's about 95 degrees today yeah. when we're recording this, and we couldn't turn on the air conditioner or the overhead fan because it made a whoop, whoop, whoop sound in the uh, in our little recording Does device. So we are when it's 95? hot. Yeah. What? Does it cook... Does things cook faster when it's super hot in the room? That wouldn't make sense because it's super hot in the pot, right. no matter whether it's 30 here or 95. So that was half an hour on the beans then. So Walmart, yay Walmart, <laughs> they have some nice, not very old beans. Because okay. I have cooked some beans for a very long time, and that usually has to do with their age. All right, so these beans are great. So I want to add a good teaspoon of salt to the beans and then sort of let them sit. Okay. Because now the salt can permeate into the beans. So yeah. I'm mad about my salt. I'm mad about your salt. Why? So because <laughs> you have Morton's iodized salt. So it's the umbrella girl. It is the umbrella girl, but iodized salt has iodine in it. And that Good has a funky taste. You don't need iodine in your salt anymore. There's no one's I don't know what it was. Or, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's not polio, but I actually don't know what it is. Okay. It was something you had to do with your thyroid. Oh, okay. It was a necessary nutrient way back before processed foods came along. There's plenty of iodine in your diet naturally. The salt supplies iodide, a, a necessary, necessary nutrient, nutrient right. Jennifer. So, but it has a weird off taste. It has a metallic tang. So do you chefs want to are going to tell you. Cranked up. Um, oh, you have sea salt. Sea salt? Here. Yeah. Okay. So we have a grinder of sea salt. That's what we use when we're cooking. 
I like food to taste clean, and iodized salt isn't a clean taste. So yeah, you're gonna grunt. You're gonna put <laughs> put that back where it came from. Okay. Um, so grind this into a little bowl just so we can. Okay. You don't want to grind it straight into the beans because you'll know how much you put in there. So grind it into a little. Are you a salt measurer? Uh, I'm a salt viber, meaning. Okay. Right. I feel how much salt I want to put into something. I do supply recipes for people who don't feel as comfortable salting, so that's a good thing. I'm a salt viper. Good. I think that's the way to go in life. I'm an olive oil viper and a salt viper. Yeah. I don't measure either of those things because it, t it divorces you from the cooking process. I agree. I want to vibe it. All right, so while you're grinding salt over there tirelessly, I'm putting yes. our double glug of olive oil in our pan. So we're going to call that a good quarter cup. You do not want to be stingy. Okay. All right, I'm going to trade places with you. I'm going to grind salt, and you okay. are going to put the peppers and the onions in that hot pan. Mm, all right. Woo! Super hot pan. Sam has got an amazing stove. This is a wolf. Does not, yeah, it does not look like a residential stove. It's enough. Although, yeah. right, so the woman who sold you this house was a chef, so a, you really lucked out. And a baker in particular. And a baker, right. I'm still grinding the salt. Okay, I'm going to vibe the salt, but I'm going to say it's a bad teaspoon. Okay. Hopefully I didn't just overdo it. I've been known to oversalt food. Okay. I rarely undersalt food. No one has ever accused me of that. But uh, if you do oversalt food, do you know how to save it? Lemon. Yes, you remember that. You taught or you me just... that. <laughs> oh, I feel so vindicated. You taught me all these things, and remember, I took a lot of notes. Oh, so, yes, you are brilliant with your marginalia. Yeah, I think you are. And your perfect little penmanship, like the tiniest print, but so legible. Oh, thank you. You're like, right. You could have been a doctor. But... I'm a writer. Yeah, I know. Instead, <laughs> it's good. All right, so you are sauteing these. We're gonna actually add some salt to that too. Anytime you cook a water-based vegetable like peppers or onions, you wanna add salt because it helps draw the moisture out so they cook down and soften more easily. So in addition to salt, we wanna make these potatoes yummy because potatoes don't really have a lot of flavor on their own. So I think we're gonna put in a little smoked paprika, which is pretty much just like an ancho chili, but it doesn't have any heat. It's a smoked, Pepper. That's paprika is a pepper. Oh yeah. What? It's a pepper. A paprika is a weird name. Ah. <laughs> okay. We had a little onions and peppers jump out of our pan. You know what happened? Is you were trying to stab an onion. What yeah, there was a there was an extra long onion, so I was just gonna <laughs> cut it in half with my wooden spatula. Right, I'm gonna turn up your heat. It's seriously powerful. Yeah. And now it must be 98 degrees now in this yeah. kitchen, but no bother. Okay. All right, so we're going to add some smoked paprika. Cool. Actually, we're going to keep... Uh, I want them to soften a little bit more. I don't like to add spices to a pan until we're almost done, because right. spices can burn, and I don't want to have raw onion and peppers. Right. Um, you want, like, two minutes on spices, right? Exactly. Otherwise they start to burn. Two minutes at the most, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so while those are sautéing, let's talk about our wrappers. So I brought two different kinds of wrappers. I like how you refuse to use the word tortilla. True. Well, because they're they are tortillas, but for our purposes, we're wrapping them. 
I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying this. Well, you told me you associate tortillas with corn. I do. So I must say I don't like flour tortillas in general, but for a burrito, it's absolutely necessary. And they're nice and soft and pliable. But there are lots of different qualities of um, burrito wrappers. So I got kind of, uh, you know, uppity about wanting to read the ingredients. Unfortunately, many burrito wrappers are sitting out in the unrefrigerated section right. of supermarkets, and that's because they have tons of, like, preservatives so they don't rot. Right. So that is not very interesting to me. So I was telling our mutual friend Meredith that I was coming over here and cooking burritos with you, mm -hmm. and I was lamenting how I couldn't find a good quality tortilla, and she's like, hold the phone. She went downstairs to her freezer in the basement and she came up with a package of these handmade flour tortillas from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. She says when she goes to Trader Joe's she buys like 30s of these packages. But look at them. They're handmade. Have you ever seen oh, it? Yeah. They're like asymmetrical. The completely asymmetrical. They're, they feel really thick to me. And they're made out of not dough conditioners and weird polyphrolic acid mm. which I just made up. But that one the list of ingredients on the tortilla you bought, mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Really? So I'd like to just have oil, salt, and flour in my tortilla. Um, however, Trader Joe's, as delicious as these are, because I've made a bunch of quesadillas and breakfast tacos out of them, they're not big enough for our burrito experience. Got it. So they have to go away, and we're going to use our shelf-stable tortilla wrapper. All right. So what is the solution, then? If you want. Oh, I, so I didn't do this because I was running short on time getting over here, but you can go to your local taqueria, any place that sells burritos, and pretty much beg them to sell you their wrappers because tortilla wrappers for burritos are much bigger than the one you get in the supermarket. So when you buy a, a burrito, they're using like a 14-inch wrapper, which they just don't sell in supermarkets. Right. So to get the full experience, you've got to literally go buy them from the source. And if you go to your local Mexican restaurant, Tito Santana, in yeah. our case, the taqueria right down the street. Yeah. They would have... Well, they'll have How a, fresh would... How, how, where are they getting there? Well, they're wrappers. probably a similar quality to the supermarket ones. Oh. I'm sure they have uh, preservatives in them because they want, you know, because you don't want them to go bad. But that's just... Not everything can be perfect and pure. All right, so would you shake some smoked paprika into your peppers and onions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't stop. Whoa. Okay, good. Okay. That's a good, healthy teaspoon. I do not shy nice away from that. And because you have it, let's shake a couple um, shakes of oregano. Okay. Ooh, that smells good all of a sudden. Yeah. Smoked paprika transforms things instantly. I think it's probably my favorite spice. That one smells like we're at a restaurant. I feel like we're about to have a breakfast burrito. Good to know. I would. I never use smoked paprika. Oh, oh my god! But you have it here. So what do you? What do I you use know. it for? Uh, it actually looks brand new. Perhaps that's why. Yeah. <laughs> you need to give it some traction. So smoked paprika is good with anything Mexican: black beans, sweet potatoes, butternut squash. Okay. And it's great for you because you are vegetarian, yep. and it adds that kind of smoky, meaty level of flavor. Umami. Umami. It's like vegetarian umami. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> The same way like that mushrooms do and tomatoes and uh -huh. so. That looks pretty good. So we've got a nice soft, like deeply golden peppers and onions. Nice red smoked paprika. Okay. Take a big spatula of potato. Actually put all your potatoes in there. That's about, we're gonna yeah. call that a pound of boiled cubed potatoes. Okay. 
This is where they're gonna stick, so we don't have serious nonstick pan. So we're really just making a giant pan of hash browns. Pretty much super seasoned. Fancy. Because you don't want to just put potatoes in your right. uh, in your burrito. You don't want to dilute the flavor. Nope. Alright, we're gonna pause just for a moment because we've got a little bit of prep. I don't want this to go on for an hour. That's the that's the hard thing about podcasting. Food does not a nice, neat, 40-minute experience. <laughs> so we're going to pause while we prep some eggs and cheese, and then we're going to get to the assembly, the what? exciting assembly. Okay, so during our commercial, our non-commercial break, uh, while we were sort of organizing our our prep here, we, uh, we thought the potatoes didn't quite taste as delicious as they could be so we just heated up some more olive oil in the pan and put about another teaspoon of smoked paprika in it to make smoked paprika oil and then we dump that in the potatoes so sam you want to taste those and see if you think that they have they're at the right level of deliciousness <laughs> Those are really good. Deliciousness? Okay, excellent. Yep. Deliciousness achieved. Okay, so in our oily pan here, I think we're gonna fry up our eggs. They are gonna stick like the devil. Okay. But so what? I'm doing dishes you know, later, so. This is a podcast nobody can see. No. All right. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, crack. We have five eggs there. Let's do five eggs, because you've got two kids and a wife upstairs that are gonna be coming down uh-huh. once we start rolling up these uh, burritos. So yeah, don't turn on your heat yet. Oh, you just want me to crack them? No, I want you to crack them into this bowl and whisk them because we're making scrambled eggs, not fried eggs. But it's a burrito. I know, I know. I just thought we were. Okay, Okay, so you're gonna crack your eggs. Okay. I've got a little whisk here for you. Wait, where's your? Oh, I moved it. Yeah. How foolish of me! I moved your compost bowl. Okay, let's put it back on here. I'm also going to give you a tip about egg cooking. I was going to ask you about egg cracking. You crack the egg on a flat surface. If you crack it on the side of your bowl, you get more jagged pieces of egg oh. shell. So what do you recommend? You hit it flat right there on the countertop. Oh, not on the edge. No. Whoa. But really? That is a Jacques Pepin Wait, tip. but that's super jaggy. I did it wrong. You it's not jaggy, but it feet. breaks. They break it open more easily. A little tap. Huh. Cool. Proper egg etiquette. Okay. Okay. So whisk those up. Okay. I'll give you a little more freshly ground salt. Okay. Because <laughs> you got to season each component of your yep. dish here. Because it is the sum of the parts. And just for fun, let's put a little oregano in there. Okay. Why not? So salt and oregano in our eggs. Now... If you want to turn your pan on, okay. put a glug of oil in there, right. and we're going to make some quick scrambled eggs. And then we have some grated cheese here, and, you know, scrambled eggs take no time, especially in a super hot pan, in a super hot day. Okay, I just took our cheese out, and the cheese is already pre-melted. Yeah. <laughs> That's how hot it is in yeah. this kitchen. We have pre-melted cheese. So when you're stirring the eggs in the hot pan, just wait till they get a little... How hot do you want it? So the, the oil acts like water. It's nice and thin, which it is. Yeah. Again, everything is preheated in this oven, yeah. in this uh, kitchen. All right, so dump that in. Right. Oh, not as hot as I thought. I thought it was going to be like a super fried sizzle sound. Okay, so you put the eggs in the hot oil, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sprinkle this pre-melted cheese on top. Okay. 
I want to hear scrambled your scrambled egg tips. Uh, a whisk. And you're going to whisk them as they set. So don't wait till it makes a little omelet. Come you're over here. Whisk them in the pan? Yes. Oh. Whisk, whisk, whisk. Oh. Then you break up the curds. Otherwise, it's just kind of like chopped up omelet. I don't like to set all the eggs. So you agitate them as you're cooking them. And then they just get kind of fluffier and creamier that way. So once they're set, we turn off the heat, and then we will have all of our components. In the meantime, it is a good idea to warm your tortilla before you roll it up again in today's kitchen. We practically don't need to do that. They are pre-warmed. But I did take out your pancake griddle and threw it, threw it on your uh, stove here. And we're going to turn it on. It's kind of going to turn this one on. Are these two burners? That's... Yeah. Okay. So we're heating up two burrito wrappers. Oh, it doesn't like me. Do you have any issues? Oh, there we go. It's ignited. Okay, so once they're warmed, we'll just... You can put this just in an empty pan. Any kind of empty dry pan, don't add any oil. You're just warming the wrapper. Um, in burrito places, they steam them. Like they have a giant oh. steamer. They usually steam them and then they put the cheese on the wrapper when it steams. So it melts the cheese and steams the wrapper at once. It's very efficient. Um, here's what I have to say. Never put them in the microwave. People are like, oh, I'll just warm them up in the microwave. But when you put bread products in the microwave, some whack thing happens with the gluten. Hmm. And once they cool down, they are so chewy. Like you can't nuke a bagel, you can't nuke pizza. It's bad stuff. So you gotta steam it, but more, you know, in a, in a home, you're just gonna put them in a dry skillet so they warm up. Okay. All right, your eggs are done. Nice and custardy. Okay. Curdly. A little more loosely curded than I usually make them. I think it's just, I mean, usually I have larger curds. Those look like, what does that look like? It looks like riced cauliflower. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so what would you I think I would not have whisked them in the pan as- As constantly as attentively. Let's call it attentively. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> or maybe use like a spatula instead so you're not breaking up the curds into tiny little I pieces. See. But it is a nice, you know, it does make it sort of more custardy and soft. All right, so we've got a burrito wrapper here. It's gently warmed on both sides. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're gonna put it on our little tabletop here. Let's get all the ingredients on our board here. We've got, do you wanna do hot sauce or salsa? Now that I've completely maligned your salsa. Oh, hot I, sauce. Hot sauce, okay. Yeah. We've got hot sauce, fresh cilantro. We've got our eggs, our scrambled eggs, with cheese in them. We've got our beans. And we've got our potatoes. All right, I'm gonna just talk you through this because there's not much I can give you except <laughs> that you want to make sure that you leave a one inch or more border on the side. Mm -hmm. So this is not really a burrito-sized tortilla, so we're gonna be making a miniature burrito. Probably good for portion control. Exactly. But you have to leave a one inch border on the sides at least because you have to fold the flaps in before right. you roll it up. So, but everything you want ingredient to go stretch across the entirety of the burrito. So when you bite into it, there's potato, there's something in each bite. So make sure, so I'll do yep. the potato layer. Okay. So we're gonna put the potato layer down first cause it's just nice and solid. It's a nice foundation. So in terms of placement, 
I have for it. listeners who can't yeah. see, this is like if the if the tortilla is a face, it's like we're giving it a mouth. We're, we're giving it a not a smile. It's no, really just a straight, a stern, serious look. faced mouth <laughs> across sort of the bottom third. Right. So let, yeah, the bottom third, and I'm going to give it. We're going to call that four or five inches of width. Yeah, that's how long your burrito is going to be. Okay, so we've got our potato, spiced potato bottom. Okay. Now you're going to spoon some eggs on top. Okay. Which will require a spoon. And while you're over there, if you would look for a slotted spoon, so we can, we want to serve the beans, but we don't want to take all the liquid. I have a slotted spoon. How about a slotted fork? Slotted fork. (laughs) It's pre-slotted. Yeah. Okay. All All right, right. scoop your eggs on. Or we have I'll use that. All right, we're going eggs on the potatoes. All right, now I'm gonna have you take a slotted forkful of of beans because you want to drain away all the. Um, right. And you could. This actually has the chili in it. I don't think you want to eat the oh. whole chili. One idea I had actually after I made these is instead of putting like just a whole torn chili in there, you uh-huh. could cut it with scissors so there's strips of it, and so then you would be inclined to eat it. Right. I don't think you want to eat a whole half of a pepper. But it would be good to eat pieces of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's good. It's all been hydrated and smoky. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Now you're gonna Cholula it up, a little hot sauce. Right. I feel like we're missing something, but that's because we put the cheese in the eggs already. I always think, where's the cheese layer? So make sure you have hot sauce on every corner. Okay. All right. And then some fresh cilantro for freshness. You could put a little bit of sauce in there because it is looking a little dry. Mm-hmm. Stems and all, or do I pull off too? Tender stems, like the stuff towards the top of the sprig, but probably like not this stuff at the bottom, right. like the stuff that's not touched to, you could put that whole. Okay. I'm gonna take a little photo. Yeah. For our viewers at home. Okay. So they can see this artful burrito. Where'd you go? Are you getting the salsa? the salsa? Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. What kind of salsa is this? There's so many kinds on the market. La Mexicana authentic farm fresh hot salsa from a farm. So this, there are two different kinds of salsa. There's the stuff that's on the shelf that's been, you know, pasteurized so it can stay shelf stable. And then this stuff is from the refrigerated section. I think you need a knife to spear that. Uh, Definitely, this is the better choice because it's it's like homemade salsa. It hasn't been boiled. It's not Tostitos brand. (laughs) <laughs> All right. All right. I think we're ready to roll. Okay. Literally. Yeah. All right. You no pun intended. Mm. Ready to roll. Okay. I'm already going to tell you that this is, I'm not going to do great on this because I don't have a lot of uh, flappage mm. on the side, mm-hmm. but you're going to, as best you can, fold your flaps we, in. We made the fatal mistake of putting too much in. That's right? okay. But we're pretending that we had a much larger tortilla, which we will in the corner. So you're going to fold your flaps up and over, and then you're going to grab the back, and in one fell swoop, you're going to roll it over the entire filling. So you have to encase it in your first roll. Whoop. And then you're going to tuck it in, just this little flap at the edge. Tuck that in, and you're going to roll it forward. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's a burrito. It even looks like a burrito. It does. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what I have learned, I'm going to take a picture of this burrito so our yeah. viewers can see that we aren't, that I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Et voila, the burrito. So a proper burrito is then wrapped again what? in foil. So you do the same thing. You basically do the uh, the baby swaddle, where you fold the the edges of the uh, the foil over oh. it and roll it up. Oh. So if you would get a piece of foil, okay, and then you can take this to your office. Oh my gosh! And you can snack on it when you're while you're writing your beautiful prose. Sam just told me when I got here that he just he just won a 2018 food writing award. Well, so I said, no, I'm, I'm slightly wrong. Oh, you are. Um, <laughs> Uh, an essay I wrote will be included in the best food writing, best twenty nineteen best American food writing collection. Well, that how is that different than what I see? An award. Well, okay, fine. An award. You recognition for your excellence. So you're a great writer. I know that, but I didn't know that you were a great food writer. So you have crossed over into my world. Okay, so now we have a square of foil. So now you're going to do the exact same thing. You're going to fold the edges of the foil up up over the burrito, and then you're going to roll it up. Okay. okay. This way. Yeah. And then we. Yes. Forward. Encasing the whole thing because the burrito is all about portability. Just keep right. going. Keep going forward. Okay. So you can zip all the foil. Okay. Did and it. You are done. And then fold over the edges. Yeah. So here's how you. So it's a perfect little package. You're gonna pop that in your little oh bike bag. Yeah. Do you bike to work? No. Okay. I walk. <laughs> so to eat the burrito, you're just gonna peel off the top. It's like a spiral. You're going to unwrap it until you have a piece of burrito exposed. Sam, Whoa. there's your breakfast burrito. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked to make this because I would never really That's have amazing. spent this much time, you know, researching uh -huh. burritos. So if you would take a bite so we could all know how good it is and okay. then we will... Uh, We'll do a little outro, and then we'll invite your family to join us. <laughs> oh, really good burrito. Is it? Good, I can't wait till I get mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Kitchen Radio. If you're interested in today's recipe, you can find that and more at homecookingny.com. Just click on the podcast link. There you can ask me any of your culinary questions or even pitch yourself as a future guest. And when you find yourself in New York City, please join us for a cooking class at Home Cooking New York, our cooking school in downtown Manhattan. Until next time, toodaloo!